Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of Rabbi Adam Klickfeld's weekly Rashi study class. We are in the fifth chapter of the book of Shemot. We're in the middle of a Rashi on verse uh, 10, verse 9. So let's, we're going to read the verse to get us going and then we'll, we'll jump into it. Um, this is a, a long Rashi on one Hebrew root, right? This is like if, if you read Torah and Rashi for meaning mostly, for, for inspiration, for wisdom, this is not the Rashi for you. If you read Torah also for precision and want to know what every letter stands for, this is a really, um, you know, classic Rashi for explaining why it does mean this and why it doesn't mean that. Okay. Verse nine. This is still in Pharaoh's, um, uh, Pharaoh's voice about the Israelites to the taskmasters. Let the work be kaved, heavy, burdensome, al hanashim, on the men, on the people. The asuva, and they'll do it. The al yishu shakar, and they will not show eh, whatever that means, because okay, that's the question. They will not shin ayin hey. It doesn't mean hour in this case. Length of time, they will not show eh to in with respect to near words of falseness, words of of lying or or words of of nothingness, right? Um, the first thing that Rashi said um, is that what, what he thinks this means is that the root Yeshu has to do with speech, right? Uh, we won't go through the whole Rashi, but he says, um, uh, it's as if he's saying, Don't let, they should not continue to speak, to talk about, all the time, divrei ruach, things of nothingness, things like flights of fancy, like, oh, let's go into the desert and worship our God. I want them to be working. I don't want them to have the time to fantasize, right? And then what we did last time is go through all the other places in the Bible where either directly the root, the root shin, ayin, hey has to do with speech, or indirectly another root, which is clearly about speech, um, is translated by uncleus into Aramaic with the Shin Ayin Hei root. So it's like a, a half proof text. Um, and the last thing he said, we got to, uh, we got to it uh, about four lines in. The Yif Shalomar, it's impossible to say the Al Yishu, that the phrase, they shall not show eh, Lashon Vayisha Adonai El Hevel. It's not from the language of the story of Cain and Hevel, Cain and Abel, where God paid attention to uh, Hevel's offering, the Elkayan, the Alminchatolo Sha'ah, and with respect to Kain's offering, he did not show eh, he did not pay attention to. Don't read it that way. Rashi is saying, don't read it that the Israelites shall not pay attention to words of falsehood. Ula Faresh, and to therefore um, explain the Al Yishu, they shall not show eh, Al Yifnu, they shouldn't turn to pay attention. Sheim Kain, had that been the case, Hagalulichto, the Al Yishu El. It would have been that the preposition after the verb would have been el or to. Uh, Gizrat is Rashi's way of saying like the rule or the protocol or the, um, the, 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 the formula. Now the formula for this root, when it means paying attention to or turning to, you need the full preposition to either in el or le. 
But since in this case, the preposition is a b, and even though b means many things, and sometimes b means two, uh, it doesn't mean that here. That's where he left off. And now he's going to give us the proof text for um, uh, kind of in the other direction, where um, where shin, I, and hey does mean um, um, uh, paying attention to, it's with an al and not a ba. Okay, that's where we got. So we're just that was just uh, the, the background. Have any questions on where we are so far? Okay, so let's see. Uh, Leonard or Rebecca, does one of you want to pick up kind of halfway through the Rashi where he starts giving examples? And I, basically, you're going to be reading them, and I'm going to be pulling them up on the screen so everyone can see them um, for when the when the preposition l is connected to this verb. You're unmuted. Well, I'm muted? No, you're unmuted. I'm unmuted. Okay, so I'm sorry. Where am I starting? The words, Yish'eh Hadam Al-Osehu. I'm looking at it. Let me just tell you exactly where we are in that. Uh, okay, I got a different book where I can find it. All right. Yish'eh Hadam Al-Osehu. Okay, so basically, you're just going to read it, and I'm going to pull up the screen. Because what Rashi is doing here is showing a lot of different verses. So here we are. Um, Isaiah chapter 17, verse 7. Vayom hahu, on that day, yisheh ha'adam, same root, a person or men or man will show'eh al osehu. They will, um, they will speak uh, about or, or turn to their maker. That's the turning towards. They nab el kadoshis el and their eyes will look to the holy one. So you want sho'eh to mean turn to or pay attention to? Fine. Just put an al or an l or a after it. Next one. Lo yish hamiz bechot. I think you skipped one. I did. Yisheh adam osehu velo el hamiz bechot. That's what I have. Oh, okay. We have an. Um, is that the one that we have in the in the uh, Torah Chaim? Um, I'm not looking at the Torah Chaim at the moment. Okay, so there's one more that's thrown in. The Lo Sha'u Al Kadosh Yisrael, and I'll show you where that is from. Yeah, the, they reverse the order in my book here. Yeah, my Silverman has it the other way. Got it. Okay. The Lo Sha'u Al Kadosh Yisrael. This is the 31st chapter of Isaiah. Hoy, Hayardim Mitzrayim. Hey, wake up, all those who descend into Egypt looking for salvation. Le'ezra, for help. Al-Susim Yisha'enu. So, interesting, Rashi quotes the phrase later in the verse, could have quoted this verse. They show'eh on, um, on horses, right? They, they rely on, they turn to, they put their trust in. V'yiftuchu al-Rechev. They, they trust in the, in the, um, in chariots. Ki Rav, because there are many of them. Bial Parashim and the chariot riders. Ki Atzmum Od, because they're very impressed with how strong these chariot riders are. Velo Sha'u Al Kadosh Yisrael. But they don't show eh. They don't rely on, depend on, turn towards the Holy One of Israel. Again, an example you want. Show eh to mean turn to? Fine. You need a different preposition. Go ahead. Uh, so now you want the Ro El Mizbechot? Yes. And you just did it. Good. <laughs> What's interesting about the way Rashi forms this is that, at least in our book, Rashi quotes from Isaiah chapter 17, verse 7, 
Then he quoted from Isaiah 31. And then now he goes back to Isaiah 17, verse 8. I don't know why he didn't do those two right together. Um, because in the next verse, velo yishe el hamizbachot, that these, um, that the, the, the people, this is a negative, should not turn towards the handmade, my seyadav, their own handmade altars. They're only supposed to go to the altar in Jerusalem. Okay. Next one. Okay. So what does that mean? I have not found the use of the letter bet connected uh, after them, after Sha'ah. So in other words, you didn't say Sha'ah bet. Right. So in all of these, dear reader, where the Sha'ah means turning to and paying attention, He's basically saying, did you find a bet? I didn't see a bet. No bet to be found. The al el la, all the all the lamed ones, not the book. Aval, and this and was about to do, I will tell you, is is um it's a very strange, it's it strikes me as a very strange uh strategy given how Rashi normally um, makes his arguments from different um different sources in the, in the Tanakh, and you'll tell me if you agree or not. Okay, what does that phrase mean? All right, after uh, the word speaking, uh, one who is engaged in speaking, of a matter, uh, so the bet is used, I guess. Yeah, it's 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 sort of it's it's sometimes really hard to understand Rashi's words when he's writing a sentence about grammar because he used different words to refer to grammatical forms than we do. You're very close. It's something like lashon dibor does not mean the word dibor, but the but the usage, the language uh, after a word, which is either the word dibor or the or or the um, the word that means speaking. Um, when we're talking about somebody who is speaking about something else, in that case, you do have a bet as a preposition afterwards. What's interesting about his case here is that the 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 proof text he's going to bring up is not where there's a bet in between a verb and another thing. And therefore that means uh, speech, but where there's a bet after the root davar, right? Kigon. Kigon. Hold on one second here. Okay, so look at the screen. This is chapter 33 of Yechezkel, Ezekiel. Veata ben Adam, hey mortal person, b'nei amcha hanid barimbacha, all of the people of your nation who are, it, it's, it's a weird form of ledaber, like how do you, how do you put ledaber into a nifal, right? Usually a nifal is something happening to you, but speech can't happen to you. But when davar is in a nifal, nidbar, and there is a b afterward, it somehow refers to being spoken about you. Hey, uh, human, when your fellow countrymen speaking uh, speak about you, blah 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 blah. I forget about the context of Ezekiel. Here we have the preposition b, 
It's after the root lidaber, and it has to do with speaking about. Okay, keep going. Okay, this is from Balotcha, when Miriam speaks uh, ill of her brother. So, So, Miriam and Aaron spoke not to, not next to, but about, right? There was a, uh, there was a, Lashon Hara, about Moshe. Okay, next one. Zechariah chapter 4. Vayashav Hamalach HaDover Bi. The angel who had spoken with me, who had addressed me, uh, re- ret- returned. Okay, this is after um, uh, Zechariah had like a dreamlike experience. Fine. And last one, I think. I have two more. Oh, okay. Wedaber uh, Bam. Right. Most of you know these words. Uh, he could have chosen the one directly from the Ahavta Vidibar Tabam. He chose from the second paragraph of the Shema. You shall teach um, your children this. That they should speak of it. Right? Not that they should say the words directly, but that they should speak about it. Right. There's one more. Okay, Psalms 119, this is the longest of the book of Psalms, where it's um, several, several alphabetic acrostics all moved into one. I will speak about, I will investigate your statutes, your decrees, and I will not be ashamed in the presence of kings. All of that together, go ahead. Afkan al yishu shakir. Al yihiyu nidbarim bedivrei shav vehavai. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> you try, try to translate that? Uh, and here, or but here. Here in our case where the connective thread, and this is what's weak about it, is just a preposition b. Right? It's, he, he hasn't shown us five places in Tanakh where the root sha'a had the preposition b. And the men speak about. He's just saying that sometimes the preposition b, when used with the root that means speak, means to speak about. That's what I'm saying. It's kind of a, a, a weak proof text. But here, even in our case, where we have the phrase al yishu b'divrei shaker, um, that they should uh, um, not not uh, show eh with respect to words of shaker. What it means is. Uh, what it means is uh, don't speak uh, about words of falsehood. Um, don't be spoken about. Yeah, it's it, it, he, he's now using the nifal of dibor, and I guess the best way to render it to English is don't don't be overly involved in, don't be caught up in, don't be don't don't be caught in the extended speech about. Words of vanity and nothingness. So usually when Rashi sends us on a chase around the Tanakh, even though he brings us to places that we've never necessarily paid attention to before, the, the, um, the proof text, the, the pathway is clear. Ah, you don't know what this verse means here? I'll bring you to a place where it's clear. Here, it's actually not clear because he doesn't have other places in the Tanakh where the root Sha'a 
has a word, has the preposition but after it with the word davar, meaning to speak about. But he's trying to build a case that whenever you have the root davar and a preposition but either before it or after it, it has to do with not just saying specific words, but being involved with speaking about. This does in some way shed some light onto the oddity of how Uncleus translated this verse to remind us, we looked at this last time, that Uncleus in verse 9 used the same Aramaic root, ayin samach kuf, meaning to be busy with, to be, to be involved with, both to describe their obligations to do their work, that is v'yitaskun ba, they should get to their work, but he also translates the al yishub shaker, let them not um, pay it, not not pay attention, may, may not be involved in words of nothingness with the same root. Vela yit askun bepidgamin They shall not busy themselves with be all caught up in uh, statements that have no word. After this whole Rashi, what's he accomplished? I don't know. Um, would it have been so bad for us to? read this word, this uh, sentence as they shall not pay attention to or lean into um, words of vanity. It's the same basic meaning, but Rashi would be upset that we mistook the precise way of reading this verb. And he's, he's, uh, he's a stickler for precision. Okay. Uh, if anyone is asleep, you can wake up because, you know, maybe now it'll get interesting. Norman, Rachel? We went by it pretty fast, but I think if you go back to Yechezkel 33.30, yeah. that there were two uses of Devar, and if I'm not mistaken, one with a base and one without, following it in the next word. Okay. So you want me to, yeah. Let's see if I can pull that one up again. One second. I closed that window. Uh, here we go. Okay. Walk us through it, Norm, what you were saying. Um, yes, I've been, I've been, so I can, there's Vidibir Chad, and, and I guess that was the only one. My mistake. Sorry. No, well, we have both. We have the Nidbarim Becha. That's right. what he was saying. Yeah. And then in the very next line, Vidibir Chad. Right. So the, 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 what Rashi's pulling from this is that the, the Diber Chad et Chad is related to direct speech. One spoke to the other. He's not saying that explicitly, but it's implicit. Whereas the Hanidbarim Bacha is a more general notion of people speaking about other people, people right. getting involved in speech. Yeah. And, and the base makes sense where Alana wouldn't because it was Lacha would mean to you, not about you. Correct. Or of you. Correct. Good. Thank you. So, yeah. that. Uh, so after spending so much time on this, I, I, I'm, I'm working to try to make a purpose why, why we're doing this. So uh, here's my spin. Um, uh, rather than think of the Israelites already having a God that they would go uh, pay attention to, uh, don't let them go and get caught up in this something that they're not already attuned to. Yeah, I think the getting caught up in is a good English idiomatic expression of what Rashi wants us to think of in this phrase, which is subtly different than turning to and relying on, right? The, 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 the proof text that Rashi brought that he wants us not to think of in this verse is a reliance, and a reliance is a little stronger than uh, being 
caught up in, overly involved with, distracted by, right? And that's how Rashi wants us to read this. In Pharaoh's fear about what will happen if the Israelites, God forbid, are given a chance to, to break out and dream a little bit. Yeah, I'm suggesting a, a, a positive thing that uh, Pharaoh is saying Israelites don't yet have this belief. Don't let them get into a place where they get caught up into this belief. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Okay. So we can put that aside and then move to uh, the next verse. Um, Rebecca Leonard, since you got a half Rashi, do you want to read the next verse? Okay. Uh, ten. Vayitu nogse ha'am v'shotrav vayomru el ha'am lemor kolamar paro eneni noten lechem teven and the taskmasters of the people uh, went out and the uh, uh, overseers or the whatever and um, said to the people saying thus says Pharaoh I am not going to give you straw good All right. so uh, this verse reminds us that up until now we've been hearing Pharaoh address his own people, right? His own taskmasters, unless, you know, some of the taskmasters were like the capos and they were Israelites who were put in, in charge, but he wasn't addressing the Israelites. He was addressing the people who supervised the Israelites and they take, and it was a long speech, right? Pharaoh was speaking from um, starting with verse four, verse four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine, we're all in we're all Pharaoh speaking to the taskmasters, telling them what was going to happen next to make the Israelites experience even more harsh. And then the taskmasters take their, their instructions and they go out. This is a, a, a relatively common biblical format that we would use so much in English where you have the verb and then you have um, uh, two subjects afterwards. So they went out, who went out? Nogseha'am the taskmasters of the people, Vishotrav, and it's and and the people's officers or the people's supervisors. And this is what they said. So, so, so said Pharaoh, I'm not going to give you any more Tevin. In terms of the flow of the story, it would make sense to just read the next verse right afterwards, which we're going to do in a second anyway, because there's no Rashi on this verse, because that's obviously not the only thing that they said. Because for uh, the message to be, we're not giving you any more straw, uh, unless that is attached to, and you still have the same set of obligations to produce, it's not much of a punishment, right? So it's it, in in narrative. The next verse really is is it has to come quickly after this verse. But let's just pause for a second to see what Rick, Diane, and Larry are thinking of, and then we'll read the next verse. Again, Rashi's quiet on this verse anyway. Hi, um, happy birthday! Thank you. So, um, not to uh, belabor the point, but um, uh, the trope uh, helps with uh, uh, foreshadowing of what's coming up. Uh, back in seven, we had, hey, Yelchu, they're going to go out. And now all on one word, the Kadmavi Azla, um, they're going out. Um, they didn't have to put that in there. This, the, you don't need that word for the story. 
that could have just said the taskmasters said to the people. Mm-hmm. But going out, I think, is a foreshadowing, or a, I think that's the word, of uh, of the Exodus. And then I, I like the Aneni. Um, in in my mind, that that bounces off all the uh, Hinanis that we have um, here. Pharaoh was saying, "I'm not." Um, I'm not going to be there for you for the uh, Tevin. Um, so I like that as well. But anyway, thanks, Rick. Uh-huh. Yeah, if, if the, the first comment that Rick made, if it went a little too quickly for everybody, that the the trup on the first word of the verse is almost always on two different words because it's actually a several note trup. Depending on how you sing it. And both of them are put on one word. So if you, if you wanted to be precise, you'd have to read it as Bayeitseu. Yeah, like it intensifies it when it's all on one word. Yeah, is is my theory. <laughs> uh, great, Diane, Larry. Sorry. Um, so first of all, just a small point. I think it's only on verse six that Moses turn uh, that the Pharaoh turns and talks to the taskmasters. Verses four and five, he's still talking to Moses and Aaron. I think. Uh, correct. Correct. And, so Pharaoh's been talking all this time, but but only the last verses to the taskmasters. I appreciate the correction. And and um, it's interesting. So I disagree with Rick. I think the Vietsu is necessary. It's like a, it's not a stage of direction, but it's telling us that this all took place in the palace, and now the taskmasters <laughs> said go out, and they're talking to the people. And and it's interesting what they what they say to the people. And we're going to get to the next the next sentence, uh, next verse in a, in a minute. Uh, but they're they're they're, t- they're telling the people what Pharaoh told them, which is in this verse they will not give you any straw, and in the next verse that they have to make it themselves and that there will be no decrease. But what they don't tell the people is the explanation at all. They don't say because you are shirkers or because in all these the the discussion we've been having about listening to uh, to lying words etc. So they don't give any of the commentary, which makes perfect sense. Because why would you want to make it any more complicated? You're just giving the simple instructions. Yeah, not only, as we'll see in a second, does Pharaoh, do the taskmasters not pass along that it's because you're shirkers, nor do they pass along that this is in response to your own leaders having made the request that you leave, right? So so there there are a lot of ways of reading that. Of course, arguments of omission are endless. But you can imagine that if a tyrant wanted to sow yet more discord amongst the people so that they would be less unified, they would pit one against the other and say, why is this harder? I wouldn't have made it harder on you, but your own leaders made a ridiculous request. And my response to that is to re- is to redouble your obligations. And that's not present. And we don't know why it's not present, right? But But it wouldn't have surprised us had it been present, had the taskmaster said, this is the fault of Moses and Aaron. Uh, Norm Rachel, is your hand up again, or is, or still? Yes, no, it's again. Okay. Um, I have two comments about that particular aspect. Um, giving a reason invites people to disagree or try to disprove the reason. Yeah. They have a conclusion they want to give that. And second, I think it's possible the taskmasters, they the the supervisors, they knew how hard the Israelites were working. They didn't want to say it's because you're not working hard enough and you're being idle because they knew that's false. Mm-hmm. So it's one thing not to stand up to Pharaoh, but it's a different thing to pass along his falsehoods. So they say, hey, 
we're, you're not getting straw anymore. You've got to collect your own straw. You're still going to have the same requirements, but they're not going to say it's because of you because they know it's not because of you and they don't want to be caught up in that. That's a fascinating, That's my theory. That's a fascinating read, Norm. I'm really moved by that because the taskmasters, right, it's almost imputing a little bit of reluctant, begrudging humanity to the taskmasters that they're, they're caught. I was just following orders uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm not going to communicate the part the, the 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 perverted thinking behind this, I, but I have but but I have to tell you that this is your new set of obligations. That's, that's interesting read. Thank you for that. Okay, um, let's keep going because again the we're we're only halfway through the the material that the taskmasters are communicating to the Israelites. Uh, keep going, Leonard. So Atemuchu, that's where we are. Yeah, verse eleven. Okay, verse eleven. Atemuchu kuchu lechem teven. So, you should go out and uh, get for yourselves straw, uh, wherever you find it. Okay, good. Uh, because uh, there will be no diminishment, or you cannot diminish from you the amount of work that you are doing at all. Yeah, the way you translated that in some ways brings even more color to Norm's read, as if to say, um, you know, listen, Israelites, at this point, go get go get it wherever you could possibly find it, because it's just the case that you still are going to have the same obligations to produce, and and you you could almost read this with a with you know with one eighth of a sympathetic tone, right? Start, start now, go, go, go. I, I wish this weren't the case. Start now, go find it wherever you can. Because your your obligations are exactly as as they were beforehand. I want to just read to you Everett Fox's translation of this verse because he, he <clears throat> careful of the language. He says, "You go, comma, get yourselves straw, comma, wherever you can find." And then he puts the it and it in parentheses because the it there's no direct object in the verse, right? It's not it's not measher timsau oto or timsaun or timsau. So he puts the it in parentheses. Indeed, in, another uh, interesting tr- choice. Indeed, not one, and he puts a parentheses, the word load. Not one load is to be subtracted from your servitude. It's an interesting way of doing it because he's saying that the nigra, the ain nigra is missing the noun. What What is not going to be reduced from your service? It's not that the service isn't reduced, but but one allotment or one amount so he puts in the word not one load is to be subtracted from your servitude well isn't it devar that's being subtracted uh yeah why does he put load in parentheses not one not one thing yeah i don't know um how does Arya kaplan translate it larry um Kaplan's translation is, um, sorry, sorry. You must go and get your own straw wherever you can find it. Meanwhile, you may not reduce the amount of work you must complete, which I will tell you I don't like. No, that's a real, real weak paraphrase. And Walter says, um, as for you, comma, fetch yourself straw 
wherever you find it, comma, because not a thing is to be deducted from your work. I don't like that either. Can I make a comment? Yeah. Although I I agree. I think it's better than than capital in that situation. No, here's the way I would translate it, is y'all must go and get for yourselves straw wherever you can find it. I'm going to say find it, but now I want to say a word about find. I want to say three things. One is, I just love the atem lechu kechu lechem. It just, I like that. Poetry. Mm. So there's three verbs, and they're all, <clears throat> they're all verbs referring to the people. Lechu kechu in timsa'u. And they're, the timsa'u, I think, but you're going to correct me maybe, is actually active. In English, we have a problem with the word find, because find can be an active verb to find something, to actually hunt it out, to go and look around, to take a lot of time in order to seek it out. But it also can be, I don't know if it's passive, but you found it. There it is. I find it. I, where, where you find it sort of indicates that it's there. But I think that what this phrase is saying, you guys have to take a lot of time. First, go out there. And then you have to go get the straw. You have to, you're, you, have to, you have to get it. But how do you get it? You're going to have to search. And all these things are taking time. And it's this time that will not be decreased from your work. All the actions that you're doing are things that you're going to have to do in addition to making the bricks. Mm. Now, how do I, how you would translate that in a way that emphasizes that? I don't know what word I'd use instead of find. Seek it out. Something yeah. like that instead. And I would actually put in parentheses the word time in the second part of the uh, pasuk. I'm still not sure I understand your distinction between the two ways that we use the word find in English, active versus non-active. Can you say that again? Finding, if you, um, to find something can be to, to seek it out. You actually are looking for something. Go find the hidden treasure. It's going to take a long time to find it. But when you say where you find it can be you simply happen upon it. There it is. You're not actually working to I seek see. it out. You just observe it. Find meaning search versus find meaning locate. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah, Diane. So I want to look at something else, which is there's a hint here that maybe um, Pharaoh is interested in something besides punishing the Israelites, and that's scattering them um, because uh-huh. they are a rebellious bunch. And one way of diffusing a rebellion is to force the people to scatter. Yeah. And the, sc- the scattering is going to indeed come in the next verse, literally. Right. Um, good. Uh, before we get to Barry, there was one thing you said. Oh, uh, it's so interesting. Your comment, Larry, on the, 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 the lyricism of Atem I never would have picked up on it because I'm so influenced by the truck that I use the truck as an indication for how, what the, what the verses sound like. And the truck totally breaks up that lyricism. The truck is, in that music, you don't have the, but if had, had, had it been, begin the verse, you would have heard it. So call it for you for hearing it, even though it's not sung that way. And I don't know if it means anything, but I do think that that it seems to be more than an accident 
this little almost chiastic reverse structure. Atem parallel with lachem, lechu and kechu. But I didn't see it because I, I look at the verse and unconsciously the trump is telling me the flow. Um, so I appreciate your pointing that out. I just say that I, 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 I'm surprised that Alter actually translates to that way too. But it shows that he probably is also influenced by the trope because he says, as for you, taking the attempt with a rivia, right. completely separate from everything else. For laning, for laning Jews or for laning appreciative Jews, it's hard not to be impacted by the trope. We're so conditioned like to think of the trope as, as integral to the meaning of integral to the verse as the words themselves. And again, it was an overlay. It's an old overlay. It's a revered overlay, but it's, 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 it's just an overlay. It has no more authority than, you know, Everett Fox's translation of the Torah versus, um, you know, uh, what's, what's his name? The other one, Arya Kaplan's, right? It's, it's, it's a, a way of understanding these syllables, but not the only way. Uh, Barry. Um, I'm, I'm influenced by the power of poetic structure. Um, in verse uh, nine, we spend so much time on uh, and, and now there's an unnecessary ending in 11 with the word Davar. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, uh, let's not have them get caught up in in these ideas and final kick mm-hmm. davar yeah the davar which is gets un, sort of untranslated by ever fox at least um it's so. it, it, it seems unnecessary but there's a poetic power to it yes this is the final kick right so the, the the way to make it necessary would almost be to put the davar in front of the word ain, and it had to be ki davar ainik or ain. Well, you could put it anywhere because biblical grammar, it's it, these are uh, um, interchangeable. But ain ain davar nigram avodachem. Not one thing, because davar means thing in addition to word, is reduced from your obligations, from your servitude. But 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 as it is hanging out there at the end, not knowing where to put it, it does kind of awaken um, the divrei sheker from verse nine. Thank you for that. Okay. Rashi had nothing to say in verse 9. Sorry, 10, but he does say some things in verse 11. Uh, I'm going to call on someone else, Leonard and Rebecca, just to share the uh, the burden here. Um, who have we not heard from? Uh, Joanne, are you at a place where you can read? Sure. Okay. Atta, uh, oh, we're, we're on Yudalef 11? Correct. Atem lehu kehulachem teven, mea sher timtau, ki en nigra meavodatchem davar. So you go and take for yourself. Joanna, one second, because that's the verse. Just we're at the, we're at the Rashi's at the verse. Oh, we're at the Rashi. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Uh, yes, I was like, didn't we read that already? Um, oh, okay. Yes, Rashi. So again, the Dibora Matril atem lechuk chulachem teven utrichim atem lelech bizrizut, and um, you need to go quickly. You need to take care of this quickly. Right. So here's the the question we always ask on a Rashi, which at first glance looks like he's not saying anything because what he's saying is implicit in the verse. So Rashi's commentary on this phrase, this half of the verse is. 
you need to go zrizut with alacrity, with speed. So my question to Joanna and anyone else is, what is he saying beyond just paraphrasing? We like to believe that Rashi is never just paraphrasing. He's disabusing us of a notion. He's adding a layer of commentary. He's adding an image. When, if, the, if the words are, go get yourself straw, and what he adds to it is, and you need to go quickly, why is he adding that? And what, is, what does his addition say about his understanding of the verse? Anyone? I mean, I think it's only uh, like sort of a doubling up on this idea that their workload will not be lessened because now in the same amount of time, you have to go gather the straw in order that a nigramevodatem. I think you're exactly right. I think without ma- saying this explicitly, he's saying, reader, you know that I tell you that certain uh, words like 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 prepositions and and words like key can mean lots of different things. And key doesn't always mean because. But here, key means because, right? He's connecting, I believe, the first half of the verse and the second of the verse. You need to go yourself straw. Why? There's a reason. The reason you need to go and go quickly. And if we bring in Norm's comment before, mate, this is either said with extra harshness or even a, you know, a tiny hint of sympathy. Run, run. I, I have Rahmanas on you because in fact, you're not going to have any reduction of your obligations and you've got to start at four in the morning rather than six in the morning. Right? So start now. Uh, Joel, Leonard, Rebecca. I was, I was going to say, I think he's, he's commenting on the, the meaning, the, the necessity of the word lahu. Um, Ah, meaning go now. Got it. Good. Um, uh, that could that that could be in addition to or instead of what I just said. Uh, very possible that it's 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 just a commentary on a doubling of a verb when you only needed one. Khu means go. Lachukfu, <laughs> run to get it. Great. Lena Rebecca. Uh, I think we're. What Rashi's doing here is he's just, I mean, usually when he makes a comment on something, it stands alone, but here it's just half the sentence. And if you look at the Torah Chaim, you can see at the end of the comment, there isn't a period, there's a comma. It's just, it's just flowing into the next, the two comments go together in one sentence. Uh, very possible, right? Sometimes Rashi uses the, the next set of words in a verse, not as its own dibur hamachil. That's the phrase that Joanna used, the, the proper phrase for saying it's, it's the words that mean the words that are quoted in the Rashi text, but as if Rashi's comment is to be read more fluidly, in which case you would read it all together. Right? And the reason why you got to go quickly is because nothing is going to be reduced from your load. Now keep now then let's let's also keep reading ourselves and go right into the next one, Joanna. I had unmuted you. I had muted you because it was very loud in the background when you weren't talking. Um So um it will not be um the amount will not be uh, lessened from the amount of bricks that you used to do every day um, from the straw that was given to you from um, the from the allotment that was in Beit HaMelech, that was in Pharaoh's, I guess, warehouse. 
good. Mizuman, just to just to pause on that, is an interesting word. What does Mizuman mean in modern Hebrew? The uh, an invitation. Right. The, the Zion Mem Nun is one of the most um, multiply used roots in biblical and modern Hebrew. When would an Israeli most often hear the word Mizuman in common parlance? You know. Mizuman in modern Hebrew mostly means cash, dollars that are or shekels that are available, right? You can say, you know, that this, you, you know, the, you can, this place accepts both, you know, Kartisha Shrai and Mizuman. You can pay in credit card or cash. Why does Mizuman mean cash? Mizuman means cash because what is cash? It's ready available currency. It's here right now. It's not a promissory note. It's nice not to go through a transaction. It's a, it's a, it's the most direct transfer of, of a financial instrument. Because mizuman means ready. We know that because we're in the middle of the Omer. Hineni muchan umizuman. Hineni muchan umizuman. So muchan and muzuman in that uh, lead up to performing a mitzvah is essentially synonyms. We are ready and prepared, or we are prepared and, and available. Total, totally. Now, how that connects to zman, is it, is it connected to the notion of time, like mizuman? I am, I, I am, I, I, I'm here now. Because I, I have, I'm present in time. Or does it is related to the reuse of zman that means to invite? Like the hazmin is to bring someone to something, to make to to have them be present and available. They're all related to each other. What it means in our not a verse in Rashi's comment is that um, the entire allotment of bricks shaitem osim leyom that you had been doing up until now. Biyot ateven. Here the biyot is actually, believe it or not, means when. I mean, literally, in, in, in the being of the straw, but it means when. Back when the straw, nitan lachem, had been given to you, mizuman, ready, available, cash, it's right here, mi beit melach from Pharaoh's storehouse. Right? So it's creating a picture that used to be, Israelites had to build all these things. But their first stop every day was to go to the place where the Tevin had been stored, you know, pick up their bale or whatever and go do their work. Now from that is no longer going to be available to them. It's no longer going to be Mizuman, but they still are going to have the same obligations upon them. Okay. Um, comments, questions on Rashi's treatment on the verse, on the verse itself, on the image, on the language, before we go forward. All right. Let's go where we're, I'm not used to hitting a third verse in a, um, we're, a four, we're on the fourth verse of our class today. We started halfway through, through verse nine. We're breaking records. Um, Joanna, keep going and read verse 12. This is the verse that Diane anticipated with this notion of dispersal. The nation scattered throughout all of the land of Egypt in order to gather straw for the bricks. Good. Now, I want to linger on that verb bayafets because it's a little bit harder to make sense of than it looks. The root is nun pe sari, uh, to disperse. Unafutsotenu kanes kanes. Our, those who have been dispersed, God, bring them in, kanes kanes. And as we discussed before, many times, in a vavaipuch or in a future verb, the nun of the root falls out, so no fail becomes vayipol. Nashak uh, kiss means vayishak, and that the dagesh in the yud of vayafets 
is a reminder that there was once another letter there. That's the note. But does anyone notice anything? And this is going to see how, how grammar nerd you are. Anything interesting about the vowels in this verb, vayafetz, that tells us about how we should understand the meaning of this particular word? One of those vowels is an interesting vowel. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you. The, the kamats under the yud changes the verb from a pa'al, future tense, vayipuch, to something more like a hefeel. Because if you're saying that something dispersed, it would be vayifetz, or, or, or if someone dispersed something else, it would be vayifetz. Vayafetz is something like, it's really hard to make sense of it in English, that, that they, they, that the, the, the nation caused a, a dispersal throughout the land of Egypt. Not that they dispersed, but they caused one. It's in the causative, which makes Uncle Lys's translation really interesting and also goes back to Diane's point. Uncle Lys does not take the opportunity to render this in an Aramaic word that means to disperse and certainly doesn't do it in this causal form. But he says, V'it badad. badad or it badar? One second, my eyes are deceiving me. I think it's a reish. Oh, it's a reish. My whole comment was based on it being a dalad because it's such a small letter. I couldn't see it. Be'it badar. Be'it badar. I have to remind myself what badar means in Aramaic. Hold on a second. Um, I was reading it on the it badad that they kind of went out and in a lonely way because badad means isolated or lonely. Let's see what Jastro says about Badar. I don't remember that root. Um, one second. Okay, here we go. Let me show this to you. So Badar. Uh, it's less interesting than I thought. I'm so disappointed. It means to scatter and to strew. What does it mean in the hitpael? Hitpael, um, to be scattered, to disperse. Mm. God, I thought it was. I, I thought I was onto something. So funny. I, I, uh, it's a it's a smaller text than the um, than the regular one, and I saw a, a dollar instead of a rage. So Uncleus does it exactly as it is in the Hebrew, but even so, he turns it into a, a hitpael, something that's happening to the people rather than just a straight verb. And why it's vayafetz and not vayifetz, I'm not sure. But it is a slightly more interesting verb form than, than it had to be. Okay. Uh, I see Joel, Dan, Larry, and then Leonard, Rebecca. I think it's probably related to the word bidur, like an, a diversion. Uh, yes, probably. Um, Diane, Larry? So one thing I want to talk about the translation of Le Koshesh Kash Latevin, which as Diane mentioned to me, is the Koshesh Kash is also um, alliterative and therefore poetic and trickles off the tongue. The JPS translation is to gather stubble for straw, which I don't think captures much of anything at all. And the um, it's alliterative. Gather stubble for wait, wait, wait. Stubble for straw. Wait, wait till I get to the altar. And um and uh um, Kaplan says to gather grains to gather grain stalks for straw that's nicer to gather grain stalks for straw but altar has a great one I think um, 
And the people spread out through all the land of Egypt to scrabble for stubble for straw. <laughs> that is great, actually. Showing, I mean, and this is what he does when he, if the, those of you who read Alter <coughs> recognize this, he, he takes a great deal of care where he can to try to capture poetry, alliteration, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. you know, some sense of what the Hebrew is, is doing. Yeah, that's great. It, it, pick, it, it, it pricks up the alliterativeness of Lakoshishkash. What it doesn't pick up, and I'm not faulting him for it, is the, that Hebrew way of having the verb and the noun being the same root, right? Um, um, but uh, Everett Fox tries to do that. The people scattered throughout all the land of Egypt. I'll come back to the people scattered in a second. Gathering, stubble gatherings for straw. So he puts, the, the verb is gather. What are they gathering? Stubble gatherings, right? Because that's his koshesh kash. And it, it, it's a lovely attempt. I, no one speaks that way. But listen, no one speaks Likoshesh Kash in, in Hebrew either, right? Except for the Torah. Uh, good. Linda, Rebecca, and then Barry. That'll probably be our last comment. Oh, Barbara, I say your head of also. So all of you guys. First, Linda, Rebecca. Okay. So I was looking up here, uh, Badar. And what's interesting is that the uh, Bet sometimes alternates with the Pei, and the Dalit sometimes alternates with the Zion. Okay. Therefore, oh, Badar yes. is related, is the same word as Pazar. Yeah, great. Thank you. Uh, and and if, if if that didn't um, resonate for you, Lefazer, Pei, Zion, Reish, is also a root that means a dispersal, not just a, naf- a nafatz, but a, like a Lefazer. Good. Barry? I'm going back again to uh, uh, verse 9 in, in Pharaoh. The non-positives, uh, don't let them get caught up in. And uh, and here uh, it's non-causative. They became dispersed. So it, the, the 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 beginning of this structure was don't let them get caught up. It's brought together, and it ends up they were dispersed. Say so. Say, say that. Say that a little it, bit differently. Yeah. It, it it began with the the possibility that the Israelites would be gathered together. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Brought, brought uh-huh. together into false, he, he calls false, and it, and it ends with them be, being dispersed, the uh-huh. opposite of being gathered. Got it. Got it. Right. Right. Thank you, Barry. Barbara, last comment? Yeah, the Kosh and the Tevin, we've discussed this in the past, and I, I just wanted to remind you what, what uh, Vered told me, which is why Kosh is stubble, Kosh is the dried up stuff that you're going to go pick. And they've been using Tevin for straw, which is generally green. So they're, they're saying, go get the Kosh to stuff, to be the straw, to, to be the, the substitute. Good. And when we get to Rashi next week, he'll also weigh in a little bit about how Kosh can mean both a very specific thing, which is different than Tevin and also a general category of stuff that is gathered for Tevin. So I just gave a little bit, we gave away the store a little bit, but Rashi is going to go into that. And hopefully Barry can join us because she'll be very, she'll, she'll like that Rashi comment and she'll be able to shed some. I'll remind her. Please do. The, the other thing is in, in the, um, my, the book that's the Rashi commentary. Yeah. Kind of interesting. The English translation, which we would never use uh, the way I see it is so the people were scattered abroad throughout all the land of Egypt. That's like saying, 
So the people from Los Angeles were scattered abroad throughout the United States, which we wouldn't consider being abroad. Exactly, exactly. To us, abroad is to go to England or Israel. Right. Or uh, Macedonia. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.